Over the past 109 episodes, we've brought you some incredibly bright and forward-thinking women who are deeply engaged in using blockchain to make the world a better place. We lovingly and respectfully call them crypto chicks. Now, we've been fortunate enough to welcome Laura Shin, Amanda Johnson, Jinglan Wang, and a number of other brilliant minds to this show. Today, we are pleased to introduce you to two women who bring both brains and beauty to the table. In fact, they're so smart that we hesitate to call them bad at all. But that's unfortunate because we're staying on brand and bad is bad. So it's time to even out the gender count and welcome the official bad crypto chicks, Rachel and Sarah, to episode number 110 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, this is an exciting day, Mr. Travis Wright. And it's not just just because I shaved. It's not just because I shaved. You shaved? Yeah, I I saw you earlier today. You had like some serious growth going on. Yeah, no, I shaved. But that's not the exciting news. Oh, Oh, that's not the exciting news? You would I think we're not just would... gonna have an episode like Joel shaved everyone. There's the new shave coin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna put the Dollar Shave Club out of business with tokenizing shaving. Wow, that's great. Shaving on the blockchain. That sounds like a horrible idea. I don't like that at all. I, I have a better idea. Okay. And the better idea is that we are going to introduce the bad crypto citizens to two crypto chicks today that thought that they'd want to put on a show. Pretty fascinating. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we've known both of these uh, women for quite a while. And we've been going back and forth thinking about like, wow, how cool would it be if we had like an episode every now and again where we had crypto chicks on and they were talking about the cryptos. But they have to be smart. They have to be funny. They have to know what's up in the space. And and both of them live out in Silicon Valley. Uh, they're ingrained and entrenched within the blockchain space. So it's like we found the perfect two co-hosts, uh, correspondents. What, what are what are we officially? What is their official title besides Bad Crypto Chicks? That is the official title. Yeah. Well, they're 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 going to co-host an episode a week um, until they completely take over the show and fire us. No, no, no. We have we have contracts and writers, and it's totally centralized. <laughs> well, actually, our audience has met one of these fine ladies already. Ms. Rachel Wolfson is an editorial professional. She's got a background in journalism and English, and she has been named as one of the top five women working to change the world of crypto by the next web. She writes for Bitcoin Magazine. She also writes for Forbes, the Merkle, HuffPo, and a bunch of other places. And you guys had an opportunity to meet her. Hello, Rachel. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you guys? We are We are good. <laughs> We're good and bad <laughs> all at the same time. And Travis, why don't you introduce the other lady that is here with us uh, in the virtual studio? Yes, and our other co-host, the Bad Crypto Chick, is Sarah Austin. Many of you may know her. She's an accomplished entrepreneur. She's a marketer. She's a prolific content creator. She has over 4 million views to her name online. She also has created a nonprofit organization, which I really dig, 
called Coding FTW. That organization works with women, uh, works with girls' education to kind of advance roles within engineering. She's also a three-time, you know, VC-backed entrepreneur. Uh, she was actually on a Bravo's, uh, she was a reality show called uh, Startup Silicon Valley back in the day. She's an ICO advisor, growth hacker, all kinds of stuff. And she's a legitimate coder. Not only can she code and hack, uh, she's also a, a trained data scientist. So, Sarah Austin. Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> Hey guys, nerd alert and bad crypto 100%. Rachel and I are just so excited about this opportunity. I also want to note in your bio, Steve Wozniak, the Woz, wrote your college letters of recommendation, Sarah, which I'm sure you're aware of. (laughs) I am aware, yes. Woz is amazing. He's always helping out the young people in Silicon Valley. So I was fortunate enough to have been a mentee to him growing up. And Rachel and Sarah, as it turns out, you two are like, oh, my gosh, you're like besties. We are. are. We're best friends. (laughs) Which is just perfect. You know, part of the success of uh, Bad Crypto Podcast is due to the fact that Travis and I are friends and we're just, you know, two dudes talking crypto. And uh, the conversations have been brought to the world via the podcast. And you're two chicks that, you know, talk crypto. And now you're going to get to do the same thing via the show. That's awesome. We are so excited. excited. So fancy. And they just can't hide it. Yeah. Well, Joel, I think for them to become official Bad Crypto Chicks, they do need to do the pledge to the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, the Allegiance Pledge, right? I think so as well. Uh, Ladies, are you prepared to pledge your allegiance to Bad Cryptopia? We do. Let's go for it. Yep. Okay, this is uh, this is pretty serious business. So, uh, just repeat after me. Hold your hand up too. You got to hold your hand up. And if you do by chance have the Satoshi white paper that you could put your left hand on, how do you know? Well, we figured we figured you would. All right, hand up. Okay, so here we go. Just repeat after me. I say your name. I I. (laughs) Oh. No. They're already bad. I say your name, but you but we say our names. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're gonna say your name there. So I say your name. I I Sarah do solemnly swear. No, I didn't say that yet. You're being extra <laughs> oh, bad. Sorry. You're, you're being extra bad. You're I, cheating. Wait, do Rachel and I say it at the same time? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. If you're going to be truly bad, you're going to say it at the same time. Okay. So, do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. I to uphold. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which which part of repeat after me are we struggling with here? <laughs> okay, here we go. So when I say something, just don't wait for each other. Just as soon as I'm done, say it back, okay? Okay. All right. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. To uphold the principles of blockchain and cryptocurrency. To uphold the principles of blockchain and cryptocurrency. To serve the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. To serve the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. To embrace my crypto chickiness and all its beauty and wonder. To embrace my crypto chickiness and all its beauty and wonder. And to use it for good. And to use it for good. And to always stay bad. And to always stay bad. 
by the power vested in myself and Mr. Travis Wright, we hereby dub you the Bad Crypto Chicks. Yay! We wish to welcome you to Crypto Land. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Travis, uh, they, um, they did such a great job in the audition audio that they sent us and it's it's two parts one it's discussing current events kind of like new segments that we do with a uh, helping uh, a healthy helping of banter and then they did a uh, a feature interview with Keith Tier and so so uh, so who's Keith Sarah Keith Tier is the executive chairman of Accelerated Digital Ventures and he was formerly the co-founder of techcrunch.com with Michael Arrington which sold to AOL. Well, this is uh, this is a really great interview, and and I love uh, what he's talking about in terms of a token that they're working on to help entrepreneurs, startups, and founders finally get a fair shake in the uh, in the startup world. Yeah, it's it's like a cryptocurrency for for the community that wants to invest in blockchain startups, and anybody can any. It's really for anybody who wants to do that. Yes. Venture Network is awesome because the idea is to allow access for anyone in the world who wants to get into Silicon Valley without having the connections or needing to be an LP in an investment fund. All right. So let's get rocking, ladies and gentlemen. What we want to do here is we will, uh, Sarah and uh, Rachel are going to take you on a journey. They're going to have their their first news segment. They're kind of the current events where they're going over some different things, talking and bantering and ranting. And uh, after that will be that interview. Keith Tear. Yeah. And we'll be here on the other side for a group hug. So ladies, take it away. Sarah, did you hear that BitPay just raised $40 million in their Series B funding round, despite the fact that Bitcoin is down in the dumps. No, I didn't know. But is this $40 million just in Series B or in addition to the Series A? In addition to the Series A. So in total, they've raised $70 million. And for those of you that don't know, BitPay is the leading blockchain payment provider. They processed $1 billion in Bitcoin payments last year, which is pretty impressive. Okay, cool. So Bitcoin's down, but BitPay's doing well. They got a Series B for a startup. Woohoo. I mean, we get $70 million startup raises all the time here in Silicon Valley. So I guess it's something positive in the Bitcoin space right now. But I don't really care if Bitcoin's down. I'm still going to hodl on my Bitcoin. I'm an investor, full disclosure, in Bitcoin. And I believe that it is the future. So does Jack Dorsey. I want to give you just a quick quote from something that he said that I keep on going back to recently. He's saying that there's going to be one currency And his quote is, the world ultimately will have a single currency. The internet will have a single currency. I personally believe that it will be Bitcoin. It does not have the capabilities right now to become an effective currency. It's slow, it's costly, but as more and more people have it, those things go away. There are newer technologies to build off of blockchain and it makes it more approachable. So yeah, that's true. It will be fine. I'm not worried about volatility either. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you like know, the whole point of having Bitcoin is because of the volatility. And that's why I love stable coins. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Bitcoin is exciting. Stable coins are great because they're somewhat stable. 
And I think, you know, just recognizing the fact that BitPay processed $1 billion worth of Bitcoin payments last year, I mean, it's impressive. Like, even though it's a volatile currency, um, it does have the potential to break barriers in the payment industry if used correctly. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I take my payments in Bitcoin. Yeah, I actually there prefer you go. to get paid in Bitcoin. So, yes, BitPay, bring it on. Yeah. I'm glad that they're at least here to stay for a little while longer because, you know, they're going to be around. Right. Yeah, they're going to be around. And it's interesting, this billionaire investor, George Soros, today, it's making headlines. Yeah. He recently said that he didn't believe in cryptocurrency. And then today he just announced that he is actually um, creating a fund, a crypto fund, I believe. So he bashed it and now he's all about the crypto, even with Bitcoin being down. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to bash when everyone else is bashing, but then... He's a hypocrite, I guess, but whatever. I'll take his money. Hey, George. <laughs> hey, George. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> but um, who's who's next? Bill Gates. I mean, since we're quoting all these people, I'll give you a Bill Bill quote here. Okay. The main feature of cryptocurrencies is their anonymity. Anonymity. And not. Wow. Okay, you guys get the point. I'm an idiot. I don't think this is a good thing. Keep the government's a. <laughs> The, the government's ability to find money laundering and tax evasion and terrorist funding is a good thing. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's good. Right. Now, cryptocurrencies are used for buying fentanyl and other drugs. So it's a rare technology that has caused deaths in a fairly direct way. I think the speculative wave around ICOs and cryptocurrencies is super risky for those who go long. That means for those who hodl. Yeah, yeah, like you, Sarah. Yeah, okay, but I'm not worried about this quote from Bill Gates. This is such a fallacy, says my friend. Uh, fiat currencies are still the most used currencies for almost any illicit activity. Hello, kazash, cash money. Yeah. How do you think people do Ill illegal things with cash? Right. It's, I mean... There's still a trace with Bitcoin. Yeah, for sure. It's more traceable than cash. Right, because it's on the blockchain. And as we all know, or maybe as we all don't know, but everything on the blockchain is easily traceable and transparent, which makes it a system of trust. And that's, you know, the main one of the main features about blockchain technology is that you can trust everything on it. So, yeah, yeah. Bitcoin is traceable yeah. for sure. Cash money, Bitcoin. Yeah. Hey, Sarah, did you, um while we're on the topic, did you did you hear that India is actually discussing ways to fight back against this thing that was recently announced today? They want to um, stop working with companies that offer cryptocurrency services. And now Indian companies are fighting back against that order that was ordered from the country's central bank. Did you hear about that news? Well, I did. But it's like, who well, who needs to work with the central bank? I mean, isn't the whole point of cryptocurrencies to not work with the bank? Yeah. Like, go bank, cut out those guys. Are they really going to go away? No. I can tell you right now, there's a company that's doing really well in India. It's a, it's called NewsDog. It's the number one news app on Android phones. And they don't really care about this news because they just don't think it's going to affect them at all. They pay people in cryptocurrency like publishers who they syndicate the content. And then if people want to vote for writers, they can vote with their cryptocurrency. 
And then those writers get paid for their content. Also, they have quizzes, sort of like HQ. If you've seen that quiz show, it's a app. It's, it's really popular in the United States. Anyway, they have the India equivalent of HQ on NewsDog. And people, if they want to play, they use their cryptocurrency to buy in. I mean, it's it's sustainable. And they, the CEO told me today he's not worried about this news at all. He says it doesn't affect the company. Yeah. I mean, it could be a similar situation when the SEC started cracking down on ICOs here. It's like, I mean, is anybody really that concerned? It seems like everybody's still out doing their thing. Just it seems like all of these authorities want to put regulations around crypto, whether you're in India, the States, you know, wherever it's just it's happening everywhere now. Yeah, I know. I feel like every time I hear someone talk about SEC regulation, I just fall asleep. It's like I'm an entrepreneur. I can't listen to this BS or else I'm never going to go innovate anything. So anyway, what else is going on? Oh, what what's the name? Uh, MailChimp? No, oh, yeah. MailChimp. Yeah, That's so, yeah. Yeah. So MailChimp has banned promotions, marketing, emails. For those of you who don't know, MailChimp is a newsletter service. So you can get a bunch of emails, put it in MailChimp, and then you can email everybody out there. A lot of these ICOs have been using MailChimp as a way to communicate with their investors, give them updates, etc. But now you cannot promote any information about your ICO. So these guys are going to have to go look elsewhere for ways to stay in touch with their investors, like Telegram. I think that this is like freedom of speech. Yeah. To be able to promote your company fundraising. Like if it's private, you're allowed to market it to accredited investors. Yeah. So I don't see why MailChimp is cracking down. It's sort of like Facebook not banning all ads about ICOs. Like I get it. There's a difference between total scams and frauds and somebody raising money on GoFundMe crowdfunding. I mean, what are they going to do? Ban Indiegogo next? Well, I think I'm reading here. It's saying the company's response implied it was less about a moral crusade, but more of an issue about protecting its brand is what the MailChimp Yeah, but that's company stupid. Is. I, like protecting the brand. I don't know. I guess they just don't want anything to do with ICOs at all. And if somebody is using a MailChimp campaign to promote their ICO, MailChimp is getting very nervous about that. Yeah, I know, but it's isn't it sort of like freedom of speech and they're saying, "Well, we're going to we're going to limit you on what you can say." And this goes to Facebook too, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. And yeah. also it's such a I just I love to point out hypocrisy, but Mark Zuckerberg, he's like, "Oh, my 2018 New Year's resolution is to really focus on blockchain technology." One month later, and now we're banning ICO ads. Yeah, I mean, no, I I think it's ridiculous because MailChimp is something that you use for, you know, whatever you want to send a newsletter out about. I can send a newsletter out about, you know, I mean, seriously, like I'm going to make a newsletter about farts and it bothers their their brand. Is MailChimp going to ban it? It's not brand safe. Exactly. And so when when somebody sends out a, a MailChimp newsletter about farts, and then they send one out about ICOs, everybody freaks out. And ICO, you know, just just the acronym ICO. It's scary, yeah? I mean, it sounds way worse than a fart. Like, yeah. What's, what, what's better? Or ICO. 
I don't know. It's really tough. Call. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, they sound the same. Yeah, I know. It's like not But right ICOs friends. are banned now for MailChimp and farts yeah. aren't. Yeah. So, so no. it's like yeah. some, some serious stuff going on here. Right. And the whole Facebook thing. I mean, that's crazy. I'm just annoyed. I feel like I can't depend on these centralized systems like Facebook and Twitter and MailChimp that are banning these ICO ads because they're the man and they're all centralized. So, you know, the whole internet, the whole world is moving to decentralized systems, communication systems. I mean, look at history if you want to know who's the winner. Who's the winner? Is it centralized systems or decentralized systems? Well, if you look at the Cold War and Stalin, he set us up for the Cold War because he was only focused on centralized information systems, all stuff had to go through him. And if it didn't, you might be dead. So who won? The United States, because they had decentralized information systems. But it even goes beyond that. I mean, Christianity, the the spread of the gospel came from decentralized word of mouth through the apostles. And then if you look at other kinds of religions that didn't last throughout time, I can't even tell you the names because they were all centralized systems. Right. They're dead. Well, this is interesting. So ICOs, I just read this article. ICOs are absolutely not at all fraudulent, says the chairman of the SEC. And he's saying that because he's saying that Clayton wants to explain that the SEC steps to combat fraud will help the cryptocurrency industry develop. So by putting regulations, the SEC now is claiming that they're actually helping rather than saying they're fraudulent. So that's interesting. All regulation is bad unless it's regulating artificial intelligence. But for this, this is ridiculous. If you're one of those people saying regulation is good, then you're just out there trying to make a name for yourself. So you're like, hey, SEC, don't invest in me because I'm pro-regulation. Don't investigate me. That's all I hear when I hear people talking about that. But I don't know. I don't know if that's really what's going on. Maybe people really do believe in regulation. Like regulation really does help innovation and technology grow. You know, yeah, right. That sounds logical. What I think is that, you know, there are some very few ICOs out there that are going to be successful. And I think the SEC realizes that. So I think it's completely unfair to say that all ICOs are fraudulent because they're not all fraudulent. And so I think they're trying to cover their ass by saying, okay, we don't think they're all fraudulent, but by putting regulation on them, we're going to actually help define which ones are fraudulent and which ones aren't. So in a way, the SEC is patting themselves on the back and saying, good job. We're going to, you know, find those few ICOs that are legit out of the millions, thousands, whatever it is that are fraudulent. That's what I think when I read this news. They're like... ICOs are absolutely not all fraudulent. Okay. That's like when someone's like, I'm not crazy. Do you think, oh, this person's not crazy? Or do you think, are they crazy? I just they say they're not crazy all the time. I think what the SEC is trying, they're just trying to cover their ass. They're just trying to say, look, you know, we don't think all ICOs are fraudulent, but we're putting regulations on them so we can help legitimate legitimize yeah, no, no, them. No, no, no. But when people are like, we're not saying 
that we're saying they're absolutely not fraudulent. It's like saying they, they are, are fraudulent. Yeah, yeah. They still, I believe the SEC still thinks they're all fraudulent, but they're trying to cover their ass and, you know, get people to like them more maybe, right? I don't know. In the space, that's what I think. I don't know. I don't even care. Like, okay, whatever SEC over there doing your thing. Yeah, do your thing. Just SEC. do your thing. Just do your thing. What <laughs> Don't what bother a, me. But what about this whole thing, Crypto Rico? Where were you oh. in Puerto Rico for the big conference? Okay, so Brock Pierce, he is the EOS guy who was recently, I guess, kicked out of EOS from Block One. Anyway, so I don't, I don't know. I guess he was part of it, but then I read a news story saying he wasn't, which was following the John Oliver news story on cryptocurrency where he really bashed on EOS because of one of these keynotes that Brock did in which he was talking about his Burning Man wedding, which I guess took away a lot of credibility. But anyway, speaking of Burning Man, I'm just in the Puerto Rico, uh, Crypto Rico group chat, and then someone saying yes to ayahuasca followed by uh, some yoga people on the beach. It's a bunch of crypto hippies is what it is. That's what it looks like. They also are selling these patches. They're like Bitcoin logos, Ethereum logos, and then they are selling them and it's like a hippie patch you can sew into your clothing. Hmm. And then also at the restaurants, you can pay, it's actually kind of cool. The menus, you can pay for things with QR codes. You can oh. buy food. So and it's a good, I, yeah, it's a good idea. Like, you know, hippies aren't bad per se, just because they, you know, are hippies and Burning Man. They're they're just having fun and taking the vibes, the Burning Man vibes, the hippie vibes to Puerto Rico. And they're trying to actually help the economy there. Yeah. I mean, cryptocurrency has the potential to rebuild Puerto Rico. And if you've got a bunch of crypto hippies there that want to do it, I mean, hey, more power to them. Yeah, and I also just read in the news today that they're going to be shutting down 300 schools in Puerto Rico. Why? Because they're running out of money. Oh, okay. So are they going to start doing something with cryptocurrency? I I think that just Puerto Rico's not doing well and they can't, the teachers can't afford to stay there. And so it's just sad what's yeah. going on there. So at least someone's doing something right? and people are actually moving there. Yeah, I mean... These crypto people. Yeah, and I think that's great. I mean, maybe we should move there, Sarah. We'd be by the beach. We'd have a bunch of cryptocurrency. Yeah, let's see. Where do we want to go? India or Puerto Rico? Hmm, that's a tough one. Mm. India might have better food, but... Anyway, I think that pretty much wraps it up for our news segment for today. I'm Sarah Austin. And I'm Rachel Wolfson. And you are listening to The Bad Crypto. Chicks, stay bad. <laughs> okay, Sarah. So next up, we have with us Keith Tier. He's the executive chairman of Accelerated Digital Ventures. It's a $200 million venture fund. And he's also the co-founder of TechCrunch. Hey, Keith. Hey. Actually, I'm not really the co-founder of TechCrunch. You realize that. Me and Michael had a recent conversation and I'm the founding shareholder of TechCrunch. Oh, okay. Founding shareholder. Wait, what's the difference? The, di- the difference is um, he did all the work and I just owned some shares. You just owned some shares. Yeah, you didn't co-found it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I mean- now we've got that clear. <laughs> Moving right along. Okay, so Keith Deere, who had absolutely no work in the beginning of TechCrunch. 
Tell us what's on your mind, Keith. What are you doing now in the crypto space? And how did you transition into this space from the traditional venture funding space? Well, you know, it's, for me, uh, I'm, I'm pretty old. You can't, uh, if you're listening, not seeing me, you don't know, but I am decrepitly old, really old. So old. So old. He's barely means, standing. And, uh, barely standing. Well, and you're it, sitting. And what That's it means good. is that I've seen a lot of waves of innovation in my life, experienced them from the inside. And I'd say there's really three massive things that became that made us a global uh, society. The first was the internet. Suddenly you had networks which were everywhere in the world. I remember seeing the first web page that came from Africa and it was it like blew my mind that you could get content from Africa on one network. Then there was mobile phones, smartphones, which, which are, are billions all over the world. One device and two app stores for the whole world. Blockchain is the third globalization. It's when money and transactions become global and don't require national governments to approve of them. It's it's a huge thing. And if you're a venture capitalist or an entrepreneur, you'd be crazy not to be diving into this. It's the new internet. It's the next version of the internet. Yeah. It's a new layer on the internet, really, mm-hmm. uh, that deals with money mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and value. Or what, you know, Value and money are not the same thing. Value is what we all do. We work, we create value. Usually that value comes into our bank account in the form of dollars. Well, it's about to change. That value is going to be contained within tokens and we're going to be able to spend them with each other. I didn't mean like it's the new internet. I meant it more like if you say it's the new Instagram, that means it's the next $1 billion valuation. There you go. And in this case, it's trillions. Exactly. So maybe elaborate on that a, a little bit. Why do you think that is the case? Well, it's, it's simple math. If you have two and a half billion people with smartphones able to conduct business with each other on a database layer, that's what the blockchain is. It's just a database. Okay. On a database layer that isn't owned by anyone, so they can all trade with each other, whatever they want, it can be anything that they want to trade. The total value of all those interactions is billions of people trading with billions of people in 300, just under 300 countries in the world. And that's growing to 4 billion people over the next 10 years. The total value of all, all of those interactions is trillions of dollars a year, trillions. Um, you don't need banks. You don't need insurance companies. Uh, you don't need middlemen who, are, who take their slice of the action. It all goes to the edge of the network, to the actual people doing the trading. It's, it's a massive transformation. Uh, think of the difference between me putting my money in my bank here uh, when I travel to the UK, taking out some pounds when I get there, paying uh, the difference between the bid and the ask on pounds and dollars, they're getting 10% off me right there, the bank. All of that goes away. Suddenly, I can uh, I can spend money around the world without paying anyone in the middle for allowing me to do that. It's freedom. What it really is is freedom right, yeah. from constraints. And when when freedom uh, freedom already hit the internet, you know, suddenly we can all publish and we can all say what we think. Um, freedom hit the internet with smartphones. We can all hear from each other without going through a phone company. And um, this is freedom of, of movement of money. It's massive. Right. Yeah. It's it's decentralized. Everything's decentralized now because of blockchain and it's transparent. Yeah. You can see um, each of the way along the journey on the blockchain, right? Exactly right. De- de- decentralized just means nobody's in charge. Okay. You don't have a boss. Yeah, that's a good definition. Um, it's for, yeah. a, the, the, um, the network exists without ownership. Um, think of Ethereum. 
There's no company that owns Ethereum. The coin is not owned by anybody. The network creates it. Same with Bitcoin. There's no company that owns all the Bitcoin. So suddenly you have decentralization means no ownership and everybody can play. Right. Yeah, that's that's a great definition. Um, how about you tell us a little bit about the Accelerated Digital Ventures Network and fund that you've... So, yeah, so, so I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm actually an entrepreneur. So it sounds like I'm a venture capitalist. That's my title. That is a venture capital company. But the reason I'm doing it is because I'm an entrepreneur and um, I'm unhappy with venture capital. In the UK, which is where ADV exists, founders found it very hard to get funded. There, there isn't enough capital there. And the capital that is there usually waits until there's no risk and then goes into companies after the risk has gone, which means most companies die. They don't get funded. About 98% of companies die before they reach maturity. So ADV is a founder-friendly investing platform, uh, enabling founders to get to find funding from not just ourselves. We built a software platform that lets founders apply for funding from lots of VCs, us included, and so they can get access to money much more easily. We're also bringing money into the ecosystem. So uh, we only have two investors, the world's biggest insurance company, Legal and General, and a huge mutual fund called Woodford Investment Management. Uh, they gave us money, not as a fund manager, but as a company. They bought our shares. So it's now our money. We're not managing their money. They've given us the money for us to own. They've got our shares. What does that mean? As we invest and companies do well and exit, we keep the money that we make to reinvest again. It's called evergreen investing or patient capital. So we're building this patient venture platform that is pro-founder. And we also don't have what in the venture industry, you know, the way you raise money, you have something called a limited partner. Those are the guys that give you the money and you've got to pay it back and then some. We don't have that. So we've got no one to pay back. And uh, that idea of no limited partner and being founder friendly, that's the core of ADV. It's also what uh, I'm doing here with, um, with the Venture Network, uh, which is yet to be launched. Okay, so you are the executive chairman of ADV, Accelerated Digital Ventures, the $200 million fund out of the UK. It's a founder-friendly fund. Previously before that, you're the co-founder of TechCrunch, and now you've got the next big thing cooking. Can you tell us a little bit about Venture Network? Yeah, and I'm not the co-founder of TechCrunch, just let's remember that. <laughs> so the venture, the venture network is, um, is, is much bigger than ADV conceptually. Um, it's it's going to be a $2 billion fund raised entirely from an ICO. The way we're going to do that is um, we're trying to solve a couple of big problems. We're trying to solve a problem where a founder starts a company, owns shares in their own company, but never gets liquid, never gets actual money to spend as a result of all their efforts. The same, by the way, is true of angel investors. They invest in companies and they rarely get liquid. And if they do, it takes a long time. So Venture Network is trying to solve that problem. How do you reward people who are trying to do startups, either by funding them or by starting them? It's quite similar to what United Airlines does with Miles, rewarding people for flying. We're rewarding people for, for starting Companies offer investing in startup companies. And it is, in that sense, a reward token. It's called Venture Token. And if you, I'll give you an example. So if, if, if uh, you start a company and you raise a million dollars 
from, from uh, Rachel here. We will then create a smart contract that gives each of you 1 million tokens. Each founder. The founder and the lead investor. You'll both get 1 million tokens because it was a million dollars. It's a dollar per token mm. uh, each. And we'll also give Crunchbase, by the way, 5% for being the authority. So you guys will get a million tokens each for free. Now, obviously, that's a gift, and you can't do anything with it at this moment until I tell you what you can do with it. So it's just a token. It's in your wallet. And the you know obvious question is, what can I do with it? So what we're going to do is we're going to, over the next 10 years, there'll be 3 trillion tokens gifted because there's going to be $1.5 billion invested in startups over the next 10 years. So there'll be 3 trillion tokens from, from $1.5 trillion of investment. We're going to take 10% of that number of tokens and ICO them at one cent each. I can't really talk about that too much now because uh, we're only we're only launching on May 1st, but there'll be an ICO at a massive discount, one cent each per token that will raise about $2 billion through the ICO. It almost sounds like you're giving all these startup companies an ICO. Is that? It's kind of an ICO for everyone. Okay. And then we take that money and we're going to invest it in ICOs and in equities. Like all venture funds, 80% of what we invest in isn't ours, the managers. We're going to give it back to venture token holders in a marketplace. Just like United Airlines let you take your miles and buy an iPhone if you've got enough or buy a flight, we're going to let you buy our product, which is investments. So you'll get your free tokens. You'll go to the marketplace and say, I really like that company or that company or that company. I'm going to trade my tokens. And now you've got real assets, not our free tokens, but actual assets that you're trading them in for. And through that mechanism, we distribute all the assets from all the ICOs we invest in to all of the founders and all the startup investors to create a very liquid ecosystem, global ecosystem. Because we're going to invest in tokens, by the way, this $2 billion will be invested quickly. Usually it takes five years to invest a venture fund. We'll be investing a lot of money quickly and the returns will be much quicker. So the velocity of that $2 billion, by year three, it's going to be $4 billion. By year five, it's going to be $10 billion. By year 20, it'll be $50 billion. Why? Because as you invest and you get returns and you keep the returns to reinvest, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Well, let's just talk a little bit about scalability here, just because, um, you know, I don't want to go into it too much. I know your white paper hasn't been released yet, and I don't know if it talks about algorithms, but how are you going to automate that process? Uh, it does talk about that, and um, it's actually quite simple to automate if you've got all the parts in place. Uh, step one, Crunchbase says this funding event happened. It, it says that not in words, but in software. We, that triggers the existence of a smart contract for company X and investor Y. Now, the two have to agree to take the tokens. If they don't agree, the tokens just go away. But if they agree to take the tokens, now they get the tokens. The tokens uh, uh, are sitting in their wallets. They can move them to another wallet if they want. It'll be a standard token. And um, every day, they'll get an email saying, Here's what's new in the marketplace that you can trade your tokens for. And they'll have a choice to make. They can hold the tokens because they think they're going to be valuable in the long run. They could take the tokens and trade them for other cryptocurrencies on exchanges, or they can come to the marketplace and get real assets in return for the tokens. That'll be up to them. But it's all automated. No human involvement at all really actually once it's all set up. 
Wow. Okay. That's impressive. Nice. Okay. Well. <laughs> well, you know, I, I just telling the listening audience, these these two are so blown away by this idea <laughs> that they've run out of questions because they've never heard such an awesome idea before. No, I mean, it, it's, it's new. I haven't heard of anything, any cryptocurrency touching on something like this. I think what you've created is really unique, especially to the whole, um, you know, Silicon Valley ecosystem and the whole funding ecosystem out there for startups. I think this is going to be really revolutionary. I've never heard of anything like it. So. Well, I mean, it's, it's sort of like his fund that he already has, but now it's with cryptocurrency. Yeah. So it's just it's taking what you're already doing and then you're putting it into this new marketplace and you're allowing VCs and founders to get some sort of liquidity. Yeah, they, right. that's exactly right. Which in my in my venture fund, we can't do that. Uh, right. Actually, we use real cash to make people liquid in our venture fund. We, we'll, we'll go to an angel and say, we'll buy your stake in company X. Uh, but cash, cash is restricted. So there's not much we can do. With, with crypto, we can really make a global liquidity system for all startups. Um, and by the way, you don't get fully liquid. You still, most of your net worth is still going to be in your own stock, but you get somewhat liquid, which is massively different to not having any liquidity at all. So suddenly you get rewarded for trying. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I hated about TechCrunch, they had this thing called the death, the dead pool. The dead pool is when companies failed. And I always thought that's so wrong to call it the dead pool because all those entrepreneurs killed themselves uh, and used their heart and everything in them to try to make it work. Why would you call them the dead pool? Well, it's- yeah, no, dead pool. It's like if you get in the dead pool and tech crunch, it's just total shame. Yeah. It's like, the, it was like f- company. It was like that. So, so I always thought. Like the walk I, of shame I, for it, companies. It, it, I, so well, f- company was this blog uh-huh. that was funny. And then it would talk about company. Oh yeah, so Deadpool came Dead, out in TechCrunch, Deadpool's sort of like, like that. Actually, I actually yeah. don't remember who thought Deadpool up. I'm not sure if it was Mike, but at the time I said you shouldn't. No, be I doing think it's that. Philip Kaplan's brainchild. Was it? Yeah. Anyway, I said you shouldn't be doing that. It should be the Hall of Fame. It should be, you know, when somebody. I, I did a company, Real Names. I, it took me five years. I raised 130 million dollars. I ended. I had two billion consumers going to websites from from my product. It was massive, and in the end, it failed. Uh, too long a story to say why, but Microsoft were involved. It failed. I shouldn't be like shamed for that, uh, you know. And so entrepreneurs, they do really hard work, usually for no reward. So what if you can give them some liquidity that that represents a reward for the effort? That's really what underlies venture network. Yeah, totally. So it's like you're not really fucked, even though ninety percent of you guys are totally fucked. right. It's well, it, I, I think of it like. Um, Everything I did, some things worked really big. I did, I did a couple of IPOs. I've sold companies to public companies and some things failed. I learned a lot from every single thing. I, I employed people who learned a lot. They've gone on to different careers. Like Jason Spiro runs uh, at, um, AdMob at Google. He, he, I gave him his first job. Mike Harrington, he came and worked for me at Real Names when he was a junior attorney. So even when you fail, there's so much value you're giving to the ecosystem but you don't get rewarded for it. And, and so now we can change that. We can give rewards for the effort. Right. Through cryptocurrency. Yeah. And I mean, I know what it's like. 
I, you know, yeah, I've, I've found <laughs> startup companies I've failed. So, you know, and I, I can relate to the pain of working so hard and getting nothing at the end of it. Right. But now we can all get rewarded with crypto. And that's and, awesome. Yeah, and it, and it, and it's got to work economically. So, you know, this is, this is a reward. So, you, you know, the implication is it doesn't have any value. So the reason we're raising the venture fund, if you do the math on it, if we raise 1.8 billion, by the way, we don't have to raise 1.8 billion in one ICO. This is a 10 year project. So we raised some proportion of 1.8 billion in the first ICO. Um, there's 3 trillion tokens over 10 years and there's 1.8 billion. That's about 0.6 of a cent per token of real value. So on day one, the worst it gets is 0.6 of a cent per token. The first phase of our ICO is going to be 0.2 of a cent per token. So there is actually real assets. It's, uh, and by the way, our token will be a security because of that. It's, uh, there's real assets underlying this token. And it's, if we invest this fund and it gets better than 1.8 billion because we succeed, the, the token value goes up. Yeah, so not to get confused with the stable coin. It's not pairing to the dollar. No, there's no pairing to the dollar, but there's underlying assets, real assets, starting yeah. with the fund and then what the fund invests in. Mm -hmm. And then what third parties bring to the marketplace. Uh, I haven't mentioned that, but if any of the listeners are investors in either a token or an equity in an in a illiquid vehicle, they can actually come to our marketplace and list those as well. And venture token owners can choose to buy them with venture tokens and they can go into venture tokens instead of being in this illiquid asset. So it's not just our stuff in the marketplace, it's anybody's stuff. Guess how much illiquid assets there are from just the last 10 years of venture investing? Um, probably in your white paper, which I haven't read yet. $600 billion wow. of illiquidity. Wow. So that's a big number. That is. Damn. That's a lot. That's, that's big dope, market. Dope as the kids say, except not dope. So, so we've got it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. We've um, we've got venturenetwork.io. Uh -huh. There's nothing there right now, and we're not going to release the white paper. But there's a place where you can sign up to be on a whitelist. We we're not going to sell you anything, but you can go there and check it out. Yeah, awesome. Well, I think I think that sums sums it up um, for the most part. Do you have any final thoughts? Do you want to comment on maybe? You know what's going on right now with the price of Bitcoin falling. Do you see uh, hope for that in the future? You know, maybe make some predictions for our listeners. Well, well, if you think about it in in a global sense, Bitcoin represents about one tenth of one percent of all notes and coins in the world. Um, a year ago, it was one hundredth of one percent. So it's it's a growing proportion of world currency is in crypto. If you take all crypto, it's about one third of 1% of all notes and coins. Let's go forward two years. You know, what wild guess, what percent of world notes and coins is in crypto? My, my guess is 10%. It could easily be bigger than that. Jack Dorsey uh, did an interview last week where he said, Bitcoin will be the only world currency, only one currency for the whole world. Mm -hmm. Well, he, he, you know, logically that could happen. It, it happens when confidence in the dollar falls and if you look at the trade war with China right now, it's quite clear the U.S. has peaked in terms of its global authority and is now being challenged, especially by China. And that is not going to go into reverse, just like my country, the U.K., used to be this global colonial power that owned a third of the world. 
Now it's just a tiny little island that doesn't own anything. Empire is going to reverse. The US is already there. So the dollar is not a future currency. It just isn't. Well, then what is? Is it gold? It's definitely not the Chinese currency. It's not mature enough yet. So people are going to have to go into something as a store of value to protect themselves and their wealth. Bitcoin is is one option, and it's a really good option. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Dorsey says, the world ultimately will have a single currency. The internet will have a single currency. I personally believe that it will be Bitcoin. It does not have the capabilities right now to become an effective currency. It's slow and it's costly, but as more and more people have it, those things go away. There are newer technologies to build off blockchain and make it more approachable. The, the other thing to say is, um, just think about the last two globalizing waves, the internet and mobile, and how much value was created on both of them. Um, face, Facebook, Google, Instagram, WhatsApp, WeChat, yeah. Telegram, all built on the internet and mobile. It, it's, it's, it's trillions of dollars. Blockchain is going to be bigger than both, bigger than both. And, and, and the key is, what are we going to build on top of it? And, it's going to, and, you know, there's many, many answers to that. Everyone doing ICO has an answer to that question. The bigger the idea and the more universal it is for people in the world, the more valuable it will be. So think big, think long term and assume that the blockchain and Bitcoin and, and the other cryptocurrencies which represent stores of value are a little glimpse of the future and jump, jump ahead and, and own a piece of it. Well, thanks for the advice. I'm just going to go buy a ton of Bitcoin yeah. right now. And then we're going to hodl. 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 Sorry. Hodl. Yeah. I am already hodling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not. This. It sounds like what, what uh, people do in the country, <laughs> yodeling. Yeah, I know. Well, yes, it sounds like hodling, but it comes from Hodar. In uh, Game of Thrones, where he goes, hodl, yeah, yeah, yeah. hodl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then that just caught online and people started making meme yeah. stuff from it. Yeah. So, Anyway, Keith, really great to have you on the show. Thank you. And uh, is there anything else we need to know about Venture Network? It's all top secret beyond what I've said now. But um, starting May 1st, that white paper will be available to read. Awesome. All right. Looking forward. That's my birthday, yeah, too. Can't wait. Ooh, birthday, birthday present. present. White paper, White paper, venture network. <laughs> you realize why it's my May first. It's uh, it's International Workers Day, and Happy uh, it, it's uh, free. <laughs> it represents freedom for the poor and downtrodden against the the big guys. So May first is like release the kraken. That's okay. actually a really good point. Yeah. So it's for the makes sense. The poor. I'm confused because cryptocurrency. Yeah. For well, right right now, normal people can't invest in venture, right? Uh huh. Wow, so I that, see that's going to change. But the only people who are going to get the venture network token are founders and investors. I thought founders and investors, but investors can be anybody. Investors in my, in in real VC funds are just pension funds and huge guys. Venture network, anyone can invest. And that anyone can own a piece of venture. Okay, cool. And then you tap this network yeah. and then you can start investing in, I don't want to say real companies as if all these ICOs aren't real companies, yeah. but, you know, Silicon yeah. Valley. Type. I know why you why I confused you because uh, we're gifting tokens to investors and founders, but the ICO is for everyone. Okay. Yeah. The ICO is for everyone. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's and get them in the, the venture network. Yeah. 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 Let's get on it. Cool. Thank you, Keith. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks. 
Now, that is what I call some bad crypto chickiness served up on a silver platter, Mr. Travis Wright. Well, you know, that was one of the things that we wanted to focus on when we found um, the female versions of us to be on the show to kind of lead a, a different segment of the show. We wanted to find some ladies that were brilliant, that uh, were tied into the blockchain space, that that had personality. And I think that uh, we found the right mix with uh, with Sarah and Rachel. What do you think? Wh- which one is me and which one's you? <laughs> well, it seems like uh, Rachel is kind of doing the lead on things. And then Sarah's kind of coming in with, with some insights and, and some jokes and some comments. And so, I don't know, I guess uh, Rachel is the Joel of bad crypto chickiness. <laughs> well, ladies, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I, I I kind of agree. I mean, Sarah, what do you think? Yes, Rachel, you're definitely Joel. You definitely have <laughs> the jokes like Travis, Sarah. Yeah. Well, Sorry to offend you like that, Sarah, you poor thing. You got to be the Travis of bad crypto chickiness. That's sad. I'm sorry. No, I want to be the Travis. <laughs> I want to be him. Aww. So sweet. Well, here's what we're going to try to do. And of course, there's flexibility because you never know how, you know, what direction things are going to go. But the goal is, is for the bad crypto chicks to basically take over the Tuesday episode. And so I know uh, this is happening really fast. And you ladies probably haven't even had a chance to plan for next week yet. But you got a week to figure it out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Good, good one. You guys are really good with the improv. I got to say, you're quick on your toes already. <laughs> no, well, no, no. Uh, we are so excited. We cannot wait to host the Tuesday episode. That's great. Well, please go to the Bad Crypto Mastermind at badco.in forward slash mastermind and find this episode posted there and let us know and let the ladies know what you think of this episode. Please give them a warm welcome and let them know how excited you are to hear their uh, when they go solo as a duo on their show next we go and uh, be sure to review us rate us say nice things all the places you go and uh rachel until next week they probably have some marching orders so what should they do well i think that everyone should say the pledge but customize it so it can fit themselves and then they should be sure to listen to the podcast say the pledge listen to the podcast and share the insights with everyone that they know Uh, Sarah, I'll ask you, what should they do? Hey, guys, you should all go follow me on Twitter. I'm at Sarah Austin. And be sure to also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Neither one of them got the cue. That was was not the answer there. I don't know if they're going to be able to stay bad or not. Oh, hashtag stay bad. Oh, and stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. They call me One Take Joel. Oh, yeah. Who's bad?